You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to our latest installment of Casual Council here on Flying Casual. It's been a while. We, we all have faced some uh, adversaries in our lives. Mine just happened to be a 60-foot pen oak in my backyard. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, since we've all gotten together, but uh, when, you know, when we when I when I hit these guys up on Skype, it's as if we you know we had just seen each other yesterday because uh, that's how close we are. That's how good of friends we are. It feels like we were just picking up where we left off a couple months ago. That's how long it's been. So uh, I'm happy to have Rob, Nettie, and Scotty here. Brent's gonna pop in at some point. He said, "Hey guys, really quick, I gotta behead oh, yeah. a Jedi really fast, and then I'll I'll be in." It's like, whoa, bro, this is a light side council, but keep that crap at home. Sheesh. I know. Sith have infiltrated uh, the Light Council here, but uh, guys, a lot's happened in Star Wars. I'm going to go ahead and say too much to talk about in one episode of Casual Council. So I think what we'll focus on is some of the most recent developments in Star Wars. A lot of what we've been excited about, a lot of what our council members are excited about right now, what's hot in Star Wars, is a little series called Visions. Now, I came into Visions with a little skepticism. Uh, I would say probably even more skeptical than I was for the Bad Batch, and I was pleasantly surprised with the Bad Batch. But I'll tell you what, guys. I had a lot of fun with Visions. I had, I think, a majority of the episodes I really enjoyed. Some of them were a little snooze fest. I don't want to lie. Like, I just couldn't get into it. But most of them I was really digging. And I'll be completely candid. This is my first experience with anime ever. Like, I, it's, it's, this is all new to me. I'm, a, I'm an anime newbie. So this was it was a good experience though, and then I've got I got people at work that I told that to, and they're like, "Well, you got you got this and that." I'm like, "Whoa, slow down! Let me digest this for a little bit." Along with the Taco Bell that I had tonight, and let me just kind of bask in it for a little while. So this is my first experience with anime. I uh, Rob, I got to think that you've got a little history with anime, and <laughs> that you were digging Visions. Am I right? Yeah, you know, at first I didn't think I was going to like it, but I like the way that they kind of spread everything out amongst the different studios. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say the one that really caught me so far visually is, was Ninth Jedi. Yeah. And that's because that's the kind of type of anime that I'm used to. But don't get it wrong. I'm a Ninja Scroll boy. I've been watching I watched Ninja Scroll, the original Ghost in the Shell. I can keep on naming it, man. Vampire Hunter D, the original. I mean, man, Adam for life. Dang. Yeah. I, Nettie, I, I think you as well, uh, an anime fan. I'm starting to realize our entire panel tonight are, are likely anime fans. Uh, were you digging Visions? Were you, were you feeling what they were putting down? Yes, yeah, I really enjoyed Visions. Say, in terms of anime in general, I've seen some of the you know more popular stuff, some of the Studio Ghibli, and then I loved Dragon Ball Z back as a kid, and that's about the extent. I was never a diehard fan of it, but I I really enjoyed what they ended up doing with Visions. Even some of the episodes I was a little less hot on. I think I still enjoyed the core story they were telling and really enjoyed it. So I was very pleasantly surprised. I I sat down on the night it dropped saying, oh, I'll watch the first couple episodes and then finish it up the next couple of days. I ended up binging it all that night, Damn. which I don't, I don't binge TV that often. So I definitely think that speaks to how good the 
storytelling and how good it all ended up being. Yeah, hundred percent. Even in the you know short story form, they were they were captivating enough to where you kind of didn't want to stop. And I think a lot of them even left just kind of like open ended. Like we have to get more story with some of these. I was thinking the last one that I finished up tonight. Um, I want to say it was. Akakiri? I don't think I'm probably pronouncing that right, but it just kind of ended. I was like, wait, what is going on? Like, we, we're going to need... Do you think we're, they're going to tell more stories with what they've what they've dropped so far? I pray to God they do. <laughs> <laughs> they it's were so good. Even the ones that I didn't think I was going to be impressed in, uh, with, that there was a something Star Wars to each of them that I was yeah. just like, damn. This yeah. is phenomenal. Scotty, honestly. let's 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 pick up one and kind of run with it. One you enjoyed most and, and we can kinda of all chat about it. What was what was the one that stuck out the most? Dude, this is actually a shocker and I've been exposing myself with this opinion wow. as of late. Phrase but I'm it. really but I'm really sticking to it. Uh the village bride. It was the really? fourth episode. The planet that they went to had a connection to the force that was not a connection to the force they were connected to what they called majina it was like this magic that the planet you know similar to i think it was a thron novel because i've talked about it so often now that the planet or species um the force was like a tide and they could kind of feel it pushing and pulling with i don't even know if it was the moon patternings or something like that but on top of that like it choked me up two times both nice. times that I watched it, and it's the moment when she's uh, freezing the blaster. I know it's her. Yeah, I know it's her. The music builds up. Uh, she says something about like the natural order of things, or how nature yeah. and like harmony and the wind. And I was just like, bro, like this is the most Star Wars thing i have seen in a long time i didn't get choked up about luke's coming back but just the fact they could deliver this message with a cartoon and i knew everything that was going to happen just about so uh that show shocked me the fact that she was returning there it was her master's planet her saber was a thin bladed yellow saber yeah the freaking heels like the super speed heel thing that unlocked like that's everything I love about anime in one 15-minute thing. Like, come on, Star Wars. You can do better than this. Like, these, you know, the division. I don't get it. Like, when you can do stuff like this, whew. Yeah, and that I, mm. there's so many strong themes throughout a lot of the stories. I mean, yeah. I, dominated by female characters and, and, and showing power through the heels. I, I thought that was great, and I know Holly's got Dude. a lot to talk about that when we, when we podcast next, and that was a, a running theme throughout a lot of these short stories. It was fantastic, and it, like you, it, it resonated with me that, I don't know, I just felt a sense of sadness and loss with her that, um, you know, her master taking her there just to really just, get her back to, you know, basics and back with nature just to reconnect. Mm -hmm. It just, it resonated with me a lot. I thought that was, I think we need more of that in Star Wars. I think we need to, we always talk about the force and it's in everything, but like, I don't know. I never feel like we really connect to that force on that level. I'm kind of hoping that we, 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 we investigate that a little more through some Mm -hmm. more abstract storytelling. I, I really enjoyed that. 
Um, I also got the vibe that like she was there when her master died or the scar that she had was because of that moment. And that's why she wore the mask and her like letting go the mask and everything. I was like, yo, let's go. And then she, you know, went off. It was crazy. Yeah. Nettie, is there any, is that one that you enjoyed as well? Was there anything, you know, specifically about that one that stood out to you? Yeah, I definitely think that one was pretty good. Say just, all the things you've touched on and just kind of, I don't want to say the simplicity of it because yeah. that kind of sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it, it is such, you know, a basic little story, but it's so well done that it becomes some of our favorites. And I'm really glad that you both mentioned it too. Cause one of the notes I had written down while oh, thought of all watching it all was just how good it seemed like they did with female representation in this whole series. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something I want to hear Holly's rip or, oh, opinion on at some point because it's it's easy for me as a dude to be like they did great with this yeah, when yeah. i'm not part of that that group yeah but um i mean i think there was what at least two or three that were led by a female character and then we got some good female villains in there too which mm-hmm. outside of what like a size of interest we don't really have any female villains in star wars yeah so i, just, I thought that was something they did really well with and i know sometimes anime has the stereotype of fan service and i mean obviously i don't think disney's gonna allow that but they did a really good job with that too i would say so they didn't kind of stoop to that level that they could have yeah i, I like what you're saying about the female villains too like i in that akakiri Ak- i am probably butchering that name but like mm-hmm. that chick was like a beast and you mean ganon is that is that <laughs> i i have no idea yo zelda Stay with me, Mike. Zelda, oh, the villain in Zelda. No idea Ganon. who that is. Oh, my God. Guys, I so have played Google five Ganon minutes like... <laughs> of Zelda. <laughs> Holly's made me play Breath of the Wild for a few minutes, and I was like, this is fun. I love beating people with sticks. That's pretty much as far <laughs> as I got. I agree, though. She looked like she fought at the 155 weight class in the UFC. Dude, she was a beast. <laughs> she reminded me of... Um, God, was it the second sister or the ninth sister? I always confuse them in, in Fallen Order. The ninth has the spikes. Yeah. It reminded yeah, me yeah. of that, that power. I love that we're bringing power yeah. to them, and they're not all, you know, these, 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 yes. Okay, <laughs> yes. I've never seen that before, but that looks awesome. <laughs> it looked like Zelda. Um, so, I, yeah, I love what you're saying, Nettie. That, that, that was, it was just. I don't know. That was pretty rewarding. I, I really enjoyed that. What about you, Rob? I mean, anything about uh, the Village Bride that, that stuck out to you? Well, you guys pretty much covered it all. But the one thing I I got to say that you guys were just about to get at was some of these episodes, whether it be like 13 minutes or 22 minutes, felt like an hour. And when Nettie was talking about he was captivated by it, it like – Time stands still when you watch it, and I'll also say it also does that as what if, too. Like, you felt like you watched a complete movie in that moment, and I want to say that has to go back to how much words and everything that they put into these 13 minutes from the front to the back, it takes you from the beginning it brings you all the way up here. You're at this point right here. And when you end, you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, I loved all of the series, but when he brought up the speed, <laughs> the speed, that's what they do is they have certain powers. And another thing I want to bring up, too, is before we get on to any of the other episodes, too, is 
each episode, each episode that we've all seen in the strong females that you were get that you guys were just talking about too is it was a combination of the power of each character and how each moment was told. Even when you went back to like the Tatooine Rap City episode, the music it was like you had a whole musical, yeah, but it didn't feel like that, yeah. But the story behind it was amazing as well. Rob, mm-hmm. you're you're nailing it. Like the, they felt like full like full movies. Like they mm-hmm. really did. Like and that's why Nettie surprised himself. He's like, oh, I'll watch a few a night and I'll go to do something else. And then he's like, Damn, is it three AM? Like I feel like I just went through a marathon here. <laughs> Cause they did and, and so many of them. I got the list here that just felt like full uh, film to me um one being uh the uh, the village bride did to me the ninth wow. jedi tob1 uh twins twin. yeah the elder um yo you want to talk Akakiri. about the uh, over the the over the top fan service anime that Nettie was kind of getting at the twins the <laughs> twins bro every single time you thought that could not get more bad shit crazy <laughs> it was just like here we go we're gonna and this was the the second heel bro yeah stiletto saber that was. shot out and almost took him wicked. out like what unexpected <laughs> amazing it what th- so that is one i will say that um we'll just kind of go back and forth with things we enjoyed and yeah, then maybe man. something that wasn't i i struggled mm. with with the twins a little bit it was it was interesting it was to see it was it but it just it felt Star Wars. The story of it felt Star Wars, but it, it, it was hard to captivate me on that one because it was so intense. Like it was mm-hmm. just, just maybe not my bag. Um, but so I appreciated fun. the story that they were able to kind of tell through it, um, and that it was so epic. But I'm like, wait, why does the droid need the 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 spacesuit? But he, you know, the 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 hero yep. doesn't. He's standing yep. on this X-wing. What's? But that was just that's just silly me trying to think logically in Star Wars, which sometimes just you don't just yeah. stop doing that. But it was kind yeah, of funny. Right. I got I kind of cracked up. I'm like, why the hell does a droid need that? It was it's just funny. I gotta say, you wherever in Star Wars have you ever seen a a jump? Light speed saber strike. Yeah, yeah. And it saw that right in half. Like, when you said it got up, it was like batshit crazy. Like, it was like, batshit crazy was right here. When that light saber was that big, yeah. and it was like half, it was so much bigger than that Star Destroyer. It was. And, it just, yeah. and she blocked it. Yeah. Freaking. It was pretty. It was pretty intense. The, what I did enjoy was, you know, when that happened, and the dude pretty much splits that star destroyer in half. It, it was reminiscent of the Holdo maneuver, yes, but it sir. just looked even more beautiful in that animated anime style. I'm like, that is exactly where that should have been. Like even mm-hmm. before the Holdo maneuver, mm-hmm. the Holdo maneuver is cool. Like we've never seen that, but man, it, it just almost just like directly replicated that scene. It was, it was super cool. So that, that I did enjoy, but that one was, mm-hmm. was a little out there for me, but the way that it ended. Yeah. He crashed yeah. on Tatooine. Yeah. And he's sitting there talking to our, whatever it was. It was real close to R2. It was, it was, <sighs> he might've called yeah. him R2. I, I, it might've been. Yeah. Um, but it was like, 
she I can sense her. I know she's out there. Yeah. Literally everything Luke said, bro. It was. Yeah, they de- they they she's pulled my a lot. Sister. That, yeah, there, it was cool. There was some like it all had, you know, a lot of Star Wars influence, a lot of direct references, mm-hmm. but yeah, that one was really pulling at that story. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, we kind of assumed it would with the twins, but it had some twists yeah. in there that made it still interesting. I want, I want to throw this in there. So, again, what we've previously mentioned on a lot of our councils has been this was another attempt that was successful at telling a Star Wars story from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, I think I got to give up kudos. That's it. That's yeah. the thing you could ever say. And, well, just, like, the whole anime thing, adding to it, adding the crazy to it, and just making it completely believable. And, like, even when, like, I going back to, you know, the Ninth Jedi, which we'll talk about or we can dive into it real soon right there, you know, going into the Ninth Jedi, having that world where there's that awe of the Jedi, that took us back to the original trilogy. Yeah. Where they, everybody thought they were gone. That's... Yeah. So Wait, you know, that, guys. that so let's let's talk about that one, Rob. That you you mentioned when we were you know before we started recording that that was that was your favorite episode, and that one sticks out to me a lot. Like of all of these episodes, that one had the most story behind it, and it felt that felt the most like Star Wars. It wasn't because there was Jedi and stuff, but just just this the 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 way they transitioned from scene to scene and also they had an amazing score for that episode. I don't know who did the music, but that was Star Wars. Like that was I'm like you're mm-hmm. up there with John Williams. Like that was and maybe that's what captivated me so much, but just the way it transitioned, the scenes and the way they presented them, we were in different. We were in multiple places throughout the story. We weren't just in one place. Like that was, it was the most Star Wars to me. And they were able to tell a significant story in I don't fifteen minutes. It felt like an hour. Like what did you enjoy the most? Eighteen or twenty-two. Yeah. What I love the most is the question that when we you were saying what we were talking about is a world with Jedi without lightsabers and how that the outer rim, they were mining it and they were creating the lightsabers. And I want to also bring up too, because I know that Nettie and Scotty are going to have a lot to say about this. That was a smart move that he he pulled staying inside that robot, pulling a deceptive move kind of on Sith on Sith. And that what the, the kid, when he got there, the first guy, he was like, this is kind of weird. It feels like there's a lot of dark energy here. Yeah. And that was the first seat that he was surrounded by Sith, but they played that game and all that craziness. And then when he made those lightsabers ability to show who they truly were, that was totally cool. I mean, he gave the explanation that he was like, well, I heard that some of the Jedis were killed. But in a way, if you had a lightsaber like that, that actually was able to adapt to what that Jedi is, to me, that's more than just a laser sword. That's almost like your full life essence flowing through that. Like that blade going big and bad goes back to the twins for a minute. It reminded me of that, but hers being... Like a gray black darkness, and then turning green as she was fighting. Dude, that was I, you're absolutely right. Like we're led to believe we've heard the Jedi talk about like this weapon is your life. Like you know, 
like they, they I think they've even said like it's an extension of you. But I've never really felt that way, right? Like, yeah, this this kyber crystal speaks to you, and and but it still feels like the 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 crystal itself has some autonomy, that it has some agency of its own, and it may not choose you. Um, and then like the, the Sith can come in and bleed this thing and like torture it, and and that is fascinating in itself. But I love that like you have these crystals and they pretty much are just embodying who you are and the energy that you are giving out. I thought that was really genius on their part. Like it makes me think of uh, back in high school, I, we, me and my friends were buying the build your own lightsabers and you could choose your light color. And it's just like, I'm going to be yeah. a Sith today. Cause I'm a dick. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was an extension of you as a person and not yeah. so much. Well, I, purple's cooler because you're powerful it's like no this the color itself represents who you are as like like an individual and and you're like where on the spectrum you kind of are there in the moment i thought that was such a cool concept that it's on the surface of what we know as star wars but it really allowed that story to i mean just blow your mind and wait a second these guys are what like i was blown away by that I want to throw this in because I know I, I got to throw this in. When you go back to the twins episode, when she put that in that armor, it was almost like the God armor in the MCU. It made like tentacles around her like Avaloth. Yeah. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, go. And it makes you think if one of those lightsabers were actually held by somebody else, it could be a whip lightsaber. It could be anything. Whoa. Yeah, that was pretty wicked. That was pretty wicked. And 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 Rob here mentioned, you know, she who cannot be mentioned on the podcast, so everyone takes a drink and or chugs their Keystone Light. And <laughs> the one thing I really did enjoy, like when um when the daughter had whipped out that 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 lightsaber and it was very faint and you know, she, she her her father even told her, You're not really strong with the force, but one day you'll get there and then it it ever so gradually just goes greener and bolder and to a point just where it was just pure and i that was i thought that was so cool once again not just telling like where your heart is but like how in tune with the force you have become and that that blade is a way as us viewers and those being entertained to really see that symbol of where they are and and not have to it's, it's it's interesting sometimes when they're in the dark place and it's is Anakin going to turn? It's like to have that. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, we, you are you are Sith. Like that's that's where you are in, in mm-hmm. your life right now. I thought that was that was awesome. That was, was super good. awesome. Nettie, what did you enjoy the 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 ninth Jedi? I mean, anything in particular you liked about that one? Yeah, say um, that's that's probably my favorite one, just because of everything we've touched on just the story of that one was really really well done and they they left it open at the end like that one's one of the ones with more of a cliffhanger ending there yeah. with trying to go back and find her father and find where those other jedi were um but at the same time it didn't feel like it was being hung open it felt conclusive too um which i really enjoyed um i thought like the space station thing they were on was really cool like yeah. that temple like that was just something that was really designed really cool and something we haven't really seen before. And then like Rob touched on the, the Jedi hiding out in the robot was, was pretty, was pretty, pretty cool there. And yeah. um, I got to say, I didn't, 
it's probably fairly obvious and everybody else figured it out, but I didn't realize that like everybody was going to be the Sith right away. I'm like, Oh crap, what's going down here? Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and really well done. And yes, I just thought that one was that entire episode embodied a lot of what star Wars is about with that hope and that, um, good versus evil balance between it. So that one, I really enjoyed that one. A hundred percent. And I, I, you're not alone. It was not obvious to me either. And I was just like, wait Mm -hmm. a second. Oh my God, that's right. The the Sabersmith said that, you know, he made these so it would pretty much be an extension of whoever had it and it would be that color be determined by who they are. And I was like, oh my God, what a genius, what a genius way to 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 to, to kind of surprise us all in that moment. And, and then the one guy, right, that didn't go fully dark, his was purple. The horse Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he was It was red and then turned back exactly. to purple. Exactly. So it's just wild. It was so cool. I was like uh, that 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 just it blew me away. Scotty, what did you think about that one? Dude, you guys are hitting on pretty much everything that uh, I wanted to say about it. But it, when you were talking, it made me think even more about how a Jedi ha- must have to carry themselves in this universe. Because if the crystal really reflects their true in the moment, yeah, you really got to think of how much together these guys, like how together they have to be on a daily basis. Yeah, uh, the fact that the and like seriously. When you watch the show, the connection to the force with the daughter and how incapable she was at the beginning of this episode. And then immediately when it hits the fan, she's like, oh, no, protect the so-and-so. I can't remember his name, but she was like on it. She was the one telling all of these other Jedi who have had training but just didn't own sabers what to do. Yeah. And like took complete control of the situation. I thought that that and maybe I'm going to. People are going to lose it. But this is the way to tell a story of a nobody. Yeah. Uh, someone who is not born force, like super strong, but is familiar with the Jedi, with the techniques. Someone who's passionate about the lifestyle becoming somebody because they just put all of themselves into it. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I love this episode too. It's my second favorite behind the Village Brides. So you guys would just keep going down my list of favorites. That'd be cool. Well, and and not to mention, like, you mentioned someone who appreciates the culture and wants to work with her father Mm -hmm. to bring this back, this this hope in the galaxy back and get them, you know, that extension of themselves, those those lightsabers, and then to get there in that moment and just be utterly disappointed, you know, with where she thought things were going and for her to rebound like she did – I mean, that's a Luke Skywalker kind of moment to me with just you think this is the way it's going to go. And in that moment, mm-hmm. man, you can't succumb to darkness and you can't fail. You you still the mission still is the mission. Uh, I thought that was that was a testament to her. And like you said, just her growing in the force when it when it needed when it mattered. And that almost could be the force itself, you know, being with her saying this balance we need balance right like mm-hmm. boy there's a lot of sith here now and 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 uh her father's Dude, and, uh, gone and yeah you guys know i'm literally in every single frame kind of person when it comes to the trailers <laughs> and stuff yeah. so the trailer got us it shows that moment it showed there if you go back and watch i think it was the like english one they just released a super hype trailer that everybody yeah. loved there's one frame in it where it's all black and white except the red sabers and there's six of them around people huddled in, uh, or one person in the middle 
no idea it was that until yeah. it happened because yeah. the frame we see, they're all standing around them with the colored sabers. Yeah. It was cool. And when that happened, I was like, yo, like immediately got me. It's one like, of right, the, where I saw it before. It's one of those things that like, I, I want to go back and watch that episode because the way, the way they wrote it, it was, we, we believed that these guys were Jedi that, you know, they were, they were anxious to get these weapons because they thought that's what they needed to bring the Jedi back. And it's, and, and I, I guarantee when we, if we go back and rewatch it, you're going to see that these people were exactly who they were, that they weren't Jedi, that they really were Sith and they were showing who they really were. But the storytelling was so good and we were so misled into thinking they were Jedi, we missed the yeah. signs all along. I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. that, that that really they were mm-hmm. just eager. It was it was greed, it was power, it was yes. it was all these things that the Sith embody. And that's great storytelling, my friend. I mean, it's what a familiar story. It's Star Wars, but it's like they had us all fooled. And I guarantee if you go back and watch it, you'll say, huh. There's an, that's a, they were exactly who mm-hmm. they were and they, they didn't it. hide it. And it's, it was such great storytelling. That's, that's why I enjoyed that. So I just cannot believe in a few minutes they were able to do that. Just mind. That's what I can't get over is the, the amount of time yes. that they were able to just like take the best scenes they could come yeah. up with their head, and just slap it together and make Absolutely. it all amazing. Now yeah. let's, let's, let's get off the, our favorites and and maybe this will be a favorite of one of you guys. I was a little disappointed in um the duel. I think the premise and the hype around it, I think everyone was looking forward to that episode the most. And don't get me wrong, I think the end was pretty fascinating as to like who is this guy? Why has he got a red lightsaber? Like, obviously, there's some darkness there, but he's got this really cool sidekick droid. Feels like a light Jedi. Like, what the hell is going on? He seems complicated, which intrigues me. But that episode, to me, just lacked that storytelling element that I just loved so much in all the uh, most of the other episodes. So that one was kind of a disappointment to me. Scotty, were you kind of on par with that, or was, did you enjoy that one? Visually, it was the most different i think of everything but mm-hmm. but did it captivate you at all no i appreciate that opinion because it's one of the first times i've heard someone not not disappointed but the story is definitely much less complex simpler yeah. than uh the rest but you bring up a good point like why does he keep the red and well my first off the top of my head theory is because he's kind of making it a point to take out these people yeah. the best way to attract them to himself is kind of just to pretend to be one yeah and it was like he had trophies too you know what i mean he had all those uh, other kybers i don't know why he said here take this it wards off evil like yeah that's like that kind of opposite of what yeah. that, yeah. that, was, so, that was misleading it felt yeah his intentions were <laughs> weird but the whole sequence with her bringing the log down the little waterfall opening up that was and her cool. thinking she had him dude that whole scene right there was awesome and i really like i'm not a, a detail saber you know toy kind of person but i really feel like a, a lot of sabers throughout the whole show were reminiscent of probably ones from prequel era for sure you know that kind of stuff so 
Yeah, you're right. That that yeah. was that was a cool like. There felt like there was something there with water, and I'm not sure. Quite mm. a few of these episodes, water was very prevalent, and and it kind of felt like mm. it in that episode. And I'm like, maybe there's some deeper theme and meaning there that I'm just not smart enough to pick up on. But that that moment was cool, and it, and we got another as epic as the fights were in a lot of these. Boy, they ended pretty quickly a lot of times, almost kind of mm. reminiscent of. Of uh, you know Obi Wan and Darth Maul in Rebels, it was that kind of you know finesse and you know what doesn't fight, need to be complex. Their fight reminded me of Anakin Asajj Ventress in the animated Clone Wars movie. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, because they go right out on the cliffs or whatever. Yeah. I, I guess that's where Asajj quote unquote dies in that, or or Anakin kills her, but. Yeah, the, I loved the design of this female villain. The hair, everything. Yeah. Like she, oh, she was, was awesome. over the top, and it was amazing. Mass. The um, the umbrella thing. Yeah, like the oh, umbrella that saber. That's true. That was pretty wicked. That was uh, the fact that that was just a utility too. Like yeah. she took it off and still had the saber. I was like, yo, yep, absolutely. let's go. And her hair was. Aw- I loved it. Like yeah. under that like mask or helmet, you had all she that hair, hyped. and it just showed her dominance. I thought that was she was she was being who she was, and it was. It was awesome to kind of unmask her. I thought that was surprising, mm-hmm. but epic. It was. It was. It worked so well. Um, but Rob, what about you? I mean, am, am I am I being too hard on? I think I'm, is this Ronan? I think this is who we're going to yeah. get for the yeah, story yeah. about, story. right? I'm am I being that. too hard on Ronan and his little story? No, I mean you raised up a point, and when Scotty was like, when you guys were talking about like it'll ward off evil, no, like you guys were getting at it attracts people. People want that. Yeah, they're gonna come get that. You can't just leave that there. So what? You're just gonna hang out up on that hill, and you're gonna defend him if somebody comes along. No, you're moving on. You're yeah. just a wanderer. You're a nomad. Yeah. Uh, what I did like about it was that it was like. When you guys just brought up, it was like a utility because you don't really get that in Star Wars where you think that like someone just makes an attachment and it can make other things. Yeah. So when I seen that, that was really cool. But also in that episode too, each one of those like fighters, like bounty hunter kind of guys, they actually like were their own people. So for that moment, you're like, oh no, they killed that guy, and like, oh, he's still alive, and now he's shooting people. And I want when I started thinking about that. Every character in almost every part of the series almost feels like it's a character that you become part with. Yeah. It just, mm-hmm. to me, that's that was like the biggest thing that me even made this series, which I thought was just, oh, uh, it's just a spinoff, made it even better, stepped it up. And then how he had those missiles planned and he had it all together and he had... I like the little straw hat on the, yeah. on the, the droid. Yeah, that was so cute. Uh, sorry, it was like my favorite yeah. meme. There was a meme about the droid. It was like if mess around and find out is a droid was a droid, <laughs> but not mess around. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, but you said like when you just brought up the fight and how that that fight like exhumed everything in the stories that we have all watched goes back to that one lore. Yeah. And I wanted to say this earlier when you were talking about like things like being lost, it goes back to hope. Yep. Like they ended that they ended when they shot off to go save her dad. Hope. Yep. He gave them the crystal to give them 
hope. Yeah. You know, when he did that, he wanted to change his sister, the twins, that is, with hope. Yeah. And it just seems that the same thing when you were talking about that got my mind going. Yeah. Dude, you just got me on uh, the hope thing. You got in the twins episode, the dark side twin with the destruction of the Kyber says she's trying to bring hope to the galaxy. And the good twin was like, dude, no, the Kyber is actually going to bring destruction. And that is almost complete opposite of how Jedi and a Sith approach Kybers. I thought that was cool that the Sith was like talking about hope. Absolutely. Is that where all the Kyber crystals went? Is that why the whole universe is sponged of Kyber crystals? Because they started using them to channel and drive all their powers and their destructive weapons? Yeah, it's there was so much of that. Like even the um I think it was the Akakiri, the 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 daughter who fell to the dark. Like she also thought this is what my planet needs. Like it was a you know, kind of a, a a Ben Solo kind of thing. You know, it's it's order. I watch that it's, one again. it's it's it was solid, and I, I and it was mm-hmm. also kind of a story of 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 Holly mentioned it to me. She's like, I love that. Like, you know, your lineage isn't always. You know, your 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 inheritance isn't always. You know, blood. Like, you know, they 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 had this 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 the father had this lightsaber and he ended up giving it to this adopted daughter of his like she Mm -hmm. chose the right path and he said this was meant for you you are my daughter so lineage isn't always you know family it's 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 you know sometimes you have chosen Mm -hmm. families another good story that but then some people yeah choosing you know the easy path or 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 being misled into thinking this is going to bring stability and, and losing sight of of initially that's what it was. She's like, I gotta go to the empire. They provide for us. Like it's, that's the right thing to do. And then you find out, wow, no, she's got red eyes. Like she's been consumed by greed and it's just such a, such a good mm-hmm. story. And it was everywhere. Like where you guys have been mentioning, um, it, it just, I don't know. It's boring. Dude, and then that one, I want to, I don't remember names of the episodes a lot, but the Ganon, like beast villain chick and yeah. how she, she just showed him the way, bro. Like she was like, "Yeah, you can save her," but, and he was like, "All right, bro." And it, it told like the Anakin, like if Absolutely. Anakin was able to save Padme at the table, like that's what that story reminded me of. It was like if he was there, witnessed her death, mm-hmm. and Palpatine standing next to him, like, "Bro, you can save her right now." Yeah. And then his eyes. I wish they would have showed his eyes, but I kind of like that they didn't. They just let him walk off with the hood. He just put the hood up. 100%. But it would have been sweet if he turned and you just saw like the one eye, like Anakin, and the maybe that was just too much. They, they you know, they, uh, they probably knew that. Well, I love I love what they did there. Like you're at, you're exactly right. It was so reminiscent of Anakin and him willing to give up everything. who he was and everything to bring her back. The twist, though. Is that okay? And this 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 master now of his, he says, I I I've been mm-hmm. to you, like like what do you whatever you want. She actually saves her, and you see the sadness in it all is that he actually yep. still is lost, and even though she's right there, he still can't be with her because he's given it all up, and that to me is more telling than even Anakin's story because it's like yeah. He was, she was right there. She was saved. You could have been with her, but you were so lost that not even her coming back saved you. Like it was just 
And it was so oh, quick too. Now. Yeah, because she was hidden behind a mask with all the other go- like. Yeah, yo, Rob, did you down. see this one? What was it called? Aka Akakiri, I think. No, yeah. that's the one I've I've missed so far. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's I don't really want to talk one. about it anymore. I don't want Rob to watch <laughs> that's that. Okay, one. you can talk about that's it. Okay. It's fine. That's okay. So the villain, man, I, I kind of I'll spoil it for you, but the villain in the end, like she's got these guards, and he's just so the Jedi in the moment is just so driven on finding the answer. The guards are coming at him, and he's dispatching of them super fast. But we see it from a distance, and the very last one kind of like stumbles towards it. Him, almost like they were pushed into him and he kills it takes the mask off it's actually his wife or his girlfriend yeah so that like just pushed him even more to the dark side because he was the one that actually caused her death because he was so driven to finding the answers yeah and then eventually just succumbs to the dark side anybody anyways because he has to save her life and it, yeah. and it was amazing there was no there was no vengeance there he didn't no. seek vengeance for someone dressing his girlfriend or wife up as a <laughs> as a guard and 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 tricking him into killing her. He that that's something Anakin sought. Yeah, as Vader, we're yeah, finding out right. in the comics, he's hell bent on torturing mm-hmm. everybody who's ever you know uh, thought they had a leg up on him or or yep. misled him. And this guy doesn't. He begs, give just I'll do anything, and then when she actually comes back, he still walks away with the darkness. That that's a sad story, dude. Yeah, that's dude. A, and it's going to be interesting to see how that continues on and where he goes from there. But it's just it's similar. It's similar to Anakin's story, and you're just like, oh my, yeah, that's Star Wars, but it's like it's so different as well. Like holy schnikes like oh my these are God. the ones i want to see in season two and things like that like yeah. absolutely they, and Thinking it's back. they've elevated like now or like there's i don't know we're, we're we're committed we're attached to the story and they can they can really mess with us then because if we weren't attached and in 20 mm-hmm. minutes i'm like wow where are we going with the story they can do anything they want now and we're gonna we're gonna buy in which is is fascinating um yeah now, Nettie, I, I don't know if I went to you about the 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 duel yet. It, 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 were you a fan of that one? Um, if so, what, what what captivated you? Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm glad we got back to that one too. I just, um, I definitely agree with you. Like that one is one of the most simpler stories. Like honestly, that's it's basically the same as like almost any episode of The Mandalorian. You know, yeah, this mysterious figure kind of walks into a village. Great pull village has problems he saves everybody um but at the same time i do think that one is definitely one of my more favorite episodes uh this is probably a really weird thing to say since i don't think i've ever actually seen um like a kurosawa film but it reminded me so much of that with like the grainy black and white style and um there's a video game on PS4 and PS5 called Ghost of Shusama, um which is a really good game that i played through and it reminded me a lot of that um, so I think that kind of bumped it up too, but just kind of that one really seemed to embody that Japanese culture yeah. while still keeping in that um, Star Wars flair. And I really enjoyed what they did with that and that aspect of it. So I think that definitely kind of bumped it up there for me and then just kind of had to echo everything else. Everybody said like the villain, that mask thing she was wearing was really cool. Super and creepy. Too. <laughs> yeah. um, the weird umbrella mm. thing was 
Like, that was one of like the most anime moments I think in the series too, yeah. outside of like the twins episode. But I, I loved it, and then I, I can't. I have to mention that the astromech with a straw hat is just that. That was one of my favorite parts of the entire series. Just it was just awesome. So I, I did really enjoy that episode actually. I, I'm glad you said that, Nettie, too, because I, I don't think I appreciated what they were trying to convey. And, and when you bring up the Mandalorian, I mean, you're right. There are so many so much pulled from the Mandalorian and that mystery behind this character. And it makes you just wonder what he's been through. And, and that, that the way they told that story and, and them keeping it so simple adds to that. It builds that, that mystery of who is this person? What have they been through? And then adding the flair of he's the dude seems like a good dude, but he still carries a red lightsaber. What the hell is going on? I think that's absolutely necessary with that that story that's told because if you had a bunch of stuff going on in the Mandalorian uh, in that first season, I don't think we really would have been so like, who is this guy? What's he been through? Something happened in his past. Why is he like this? Why is he honoring this like freaking like tradition that he's not even what? What the hell happened? Like, if it would have been a little more like season two, I don't think we would have been as captivated with his character. So I think. You you hit the nail on the head there, and that that it, that was necessary to tell that story and and captivate us into saying who is this dude, and what the hell is his story? And now that I'm thinking about like maybe he carries this red saber to remind him or something of like where he's been. Like I can't, you know, if I carry this red blade, it's it's a constant reminder of how bad it can be, um, or or something. I don't I don't know. I just kind of feel like. He needs a reminder that he's been through some stuff, and um, it's his mission to kind of you know put an end to these these dark side users or something. But like, there's there's something that he's always going to carry that's going to remind him of 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 that path, and that he needs to avoid it at all costs. I, I don't know if anyone buys into that, but it's just yeah. But then why give that dark crystal to to someone else? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of blown away. My my theory on that too is when he did say it wards off evil was like maybe because he knows there's Sith out there looking for the light and that this crystal being in the town is going to create like a cloud that will be like, they'll just kind of over like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to say something, Michael, I was thinking you flipped me out when you said about when you started bringing up the water. Yeah. I don't hold me to this. I got to say that I think a lot of the Mandarin culture and everything like that always goes back to the water. They had a big water scene in Shang-Chi as well. Ah. So, and then when you said that there's a lot of water representation in this as well, you know, you can go back to a lot of Jet Li movies where at one point water becomes one of the main things, you know, that they use to fight with or they walk on water. It's like water. and, And this is what I'm, I mean, it's pretty much simple. Water is life. For sure. A hundred percent. No, you're right. Like quite literally it is. And it creates life, right? And why wouldn't that be a great representation of the force? You know, like we we usually don't see the force and and we've seen imagery of trying to tell us exactly what it is. No one can still really describe it. It's kind of a feeling. It's in all living things. But water is that representation. I love what you're saying that like that, that. that could just be the force and they're, they're showing us its power. Um, especially there in that waterfall that 
in that one confined area and this water waterfalls are so powerful some of the most powerful forces on the planet that's why some of the the wonders of the world right and in that moment these powerful beings are there at that waterfall i'm loving what you're saying rob it's life and and when it's condensed it's powerful exactly it's the whole reason why niagara falls when you go there, it has you do as good. You didn't oh, see yeah. coming, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you feel it. Oh, the Niagara Falls, you feel the power. But That's they right. also say that there's 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 ions there that just captivate you. It's yeah. so healing. It draws all the bad energy from you. So maybe at that point, she didn't know by going in that waterfall Ooh. that she was going to be weakened, and then the next thing you know, she was deceived and then stabbed. Bro, I and love I want that actually. Yeah. Well, before I say this, I am surprised at the brutality of a lot of these. They literally, yeah. when they were cut in half and then stabbed, mm. I just want to drop that in there. Drop it. A hundred percent. And I, one of them that's reminding me of kind of the terror and, 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 and how intense some of these were is Nettie's background right now. And it's the creepy mm-hmm. elder dude. Uh, I, can we talk about that episode a little bit? Nettie, you got it as your background, that old, old dark, uh, force user there. What, what captivated you about that episode? Yeah, see, that, that's probably another one that's up at the top there. I just thought just the depiction of the Elder was absolutely – basically, we've talked before about, like, what what it would be like to have horror in Star Wars. I yeah. know we've touched on, like, that Mandalorian episode and the prison kind of touched on it, but I feel like this is mm-hmm. probably one of the second closest things we've gotten, at least in the visual media. Yeah. I know there's some, some books out there, but just, like – his depiction, like, doesn't he have, like, black eyes with, like, yellow pupils? Oh, yes. That's, like, yes. that's not normal, and I don't know if that's, like, a Japanese depiction, because, like, the sunken old face kind of reminds me of some, like, masks I've seen and stuff. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sure they kind of had inspiration for that. And honestly, now that I think about it, this would be something to see if anybody that's more fluent in Japanese culture to look at, see if there's any more, you know, hidden meaning in that that would be really fascinating. But just his depiction was really really well done and like i've said creepy and all of that and yeah. then i thought the i can't remember either of their names i want to say the padawan was dan um it was, yeah. a, it was a pretty simple Ta-jin. name tajin was Ta-jin. The, okay yeah yes yeah, I, I thought their master apprentice dynamic was really well done that the apprentice was kind of you know the stereotypical craving adventure and everything and lord that's not exactly the good thing and the tajin was just kind of that mellow apprentice or master giving that lesson and once his apprentice got in danger he's like "Uh, i'm not playing around anymore i thought it was another one that was really well done for as short as it ended up being Mm. i i i'm just also realizing that i i I identified an episode improperly Um, i kept referencing akakiri but the one the episode i was actually thinking of the most was lop and ak i don't know if i'm pronouncing those those lop and ocho lop and yeah okay so Mm -hmm. That one is where the family splits and, and one daughter goes to the Empire. That one was insanely uh, captivating. So I just wanted to correct myself there. But, Nettie, you're right. That one, I just was – the beginning um, felt quite a bit like Star Wars. We're in a cockpit. There's not a lot going on. There's some sarcasm being thrown around, a couple jokes. Um, and then we get to this planet – 
and things just turn. And and I think that's you're 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 right on. You're hitting the nail on the head with calling this kind of a horror, you know, kind of story because. That's generally how, you know, horror stories go. Like the beginning, there's some little bit of comedic relief and, and then things get really dark and serious. And you kind of just realize that these guys are out of their element. Like they're, they're used to kind of being on the boring side of the galaxy or something. And now they're kind of in this unknown territory and there's this, but you knew it was bad when uh, the master felt that that the sense in the force, like that disturbance. His eyes, I mean, bugged out for a second. You're like, well, okay, that was creepy in itself. Like, mm-hmm. what's happening? He's like, it's gone. It's like, okay. And they're kind of back to joking. You got this kind of hot head Padawan or whatever. And it just, I, I don't know. It was creepy as all get out. But there's something there with that elder one that, that just... There's more there to it. There's more to his story. And I, I loved what they were talking about power. And at one point, I think the Padawan said, Master, are you, are you saying that like power is useless or something? He's like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But like we all we all grow old. And I was like, shit, yeah, like it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how powerful you become. We all grow old and one day we'll all be gone. And it was just... It's so mm-hmm. kind of a little depressing, but it was a nice kind of reality check, especially in a fantastical world where it seems like the possibilities are endless, that even someone as powerful as this elder is coming to his end and seeks, you know, a challenge and, and, and is eventually overcome. But, Scotty, what did you think uh, of that story? Also, one of the coolest fight scenes with the rain and it, it, it kind of the lightning. Know, yeah, the lightning. It was kind of seeming off of the lightsabers. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, the visuals on this were were awesome. And I feared, I feared for the the apprentice as yeah. soon as he met that guy. For as sure. soon as he met him, I was like, oh man, yeah. this is it. Like the guy was not. He was toying with him the whole time. Like got him in his side just to show him he could. It was very creepy, and I agree with Nettie. Like, this is a, not a caricature, but it's a familiar-looking villain. Like, I have seen this face. I've seen yeah. this uh, mannerisms even, like, right down to every movement. And there was maybe two seconds of the entire episode where I was like, huh? And I'm like, they have to do sequels. The dude blew up his ship. He did. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. But he just, like, was on his deathbed and blew the ship up. Like, for what? Yeah. You know, like what secrets do you have in there, old man? Like yeah. I need to know. Yeah, so, his uh, whereabouts, I guess. Very intriguing. Yeah, maybe it was like he had Sith holocron artifacts. Who knows? But I want to know now. Yeah, it's just I, you're you're exactly right. I was terrified for his Padawan the moment. Now, when they showed them both, and there's just this little short guy in a hood, I was like. Wait, this little guy like he looks like he's a little Dude, pudgy. He took the like, cloak off, and then that came like, off he was, immediately. Yeah, he wanted to fight. He, yeah, he was hungry for a fight, and and mm-hmm. and just to hear him say like, "I can sense that you're not the one that I felt earlier, so we're gonna discard you really quickly." But yeah, I felt that he was in immediate danger, and there was something really creepy about his fighting style and just the way their movements. It was um kind of ghost-like like he was going at such a fast pace that mm-hmm. like it was almost as if he were a ghost in moments and his movements were like too fluid to where he was 
way ahead of the force. Like he was almost in the future in those moments. It was an uneasy feeling, especially with those Mm -hmm. black guys that I was so uncomfortable the entire fight. It just, it felt abnormal. I can't describe it any more than that. The two blades in very distinct, weird positions and him attacking just, it was so abnormal. Like it, it gave me the feeling of in the ring with that girl's crawling out of the yes. well. I'm like that. Oh God, that no, mm-hmm. like it just felt wrong to me. Yeah, it was the whole thing was off putting. I really th- want to think that like he knew like, so he goes into this fight kind of knowing he might not come out alive. Yeah. He blows up that ship. Like he also planned to not be alive. Yeah. I don't know if this is like if they continue it on and they show us how Sith are able to um, force transfer their essence. Like, I got to go back now. Did that guy kill him in anger? Did he strike him down in a certain yeah. way that the Sith is going to be able to exist somewhere? Like, that's all I could think of. Like, there's a lot of questions in that specific episode that I just like, they got to do more. It those questions cross my mind too, Rob. Go ahead. I got one little thing. When you guys are asking, you've never seen anything like that before. One man, the six million dollar man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's creepy. Just as creepy. (laughs) So there was some. There's once again. There's more themes there that you know. I think are still unanswered, or or I'm not picking up on them. But I can tell that they're trying to convey something there in that moment, especially, like you said, he he blows up his ship. It's as almost as if, I, I think about Qui-Gon in his final moments, right? When he he can sense that yeah, I, my time's coming. It's, it's yeah. almost like he knew, and he's like, let me take care of this because I know this is my end. I, I've come to terms with that. And then when he actually is struck down, his body just becomes ash. I was blown away by that because we know that, you know, the, the, the Sith don't become one with the force like Jedi do because they're really tied to this physical world. You know, they're not seeking further understanding of the force. They're seeking what's immediately in front of them, power and, 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 and that's, I mean, it pretty much. Well, <laughs> yeah. So if, if it's Ash, then that's classic Sith. Because they've then obtained a form of ash. Yeah. So, like, I know it's crazy. I know it's just crazy that I just brought Keep that going. up. But think, but they form ash. So as that ash moves along, there'll always be a presence. So, like, as we've seen in many in the EU, of course, you know, if you touch an artifact or something like that, that. So any Jedi or anybody that comes in contact with that ash that may just continue to just fly then we'll feel maybe sense the sorrows, you know, go a little bit of cow, you know, fall in order and, mm-hmm. you know, be able to go back in time and do that. Scotty, it sounds like I set you did off. The Padawan, did the Padawan die? No. Okay. Yeah. Magically healed. Looked like he got cut in half there for a second, but somehow for real, he was, he was healed. But his um, little, his little friends there, I think helped heal him. So he was, yeah, he was in good hands now. Oh, that's right. The kids were, yeah, yeah he was yeah. winking at him and stuff. It was a little uncomfortable <laughs> at times with all the winks. My guys, too many winks. Like what's going on? Well, you guys are kids here. Michael, you also brought it up too. Qui-Gon 
We've we brought it up many times on the council. Before Qui-Gon gets sucked down, struck down, he takes that step back, and he does that look where he's like, you know, and then, like, it's like, yep. right? So he saw it right there. Like, at that point, that's almost like he knew he had to be struck down because he foresaw it. So when he went to go at it, it still happened. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what you guys were getting at. So I just want to throw that in. No, for sure. And mm-hmm. I think I'm understanding more about why why show, you know, this dark side user turn to Ash. Um, like we talked about, we know the Jedi becoming one with the Force, their body fully disappears. The way I'm interpreting it now is that, you know, the the Master started talking about power in that moment, and 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 his 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 Padawan just says, "Are you saying that like power is meaningless?" Then he's like, "No, no, no. It's it serves its purpose, and and but that power is going to come to an end, and this dark side elder." pretty much exhausted his his time in this galaxy he he had reached maximum power that's that's what the sith strive for is ultimate unlimited power but eventually they grow weak and what a way to show and demonstrate and illustrate that power ending I couldn't think of a better way than turning someone to ash and saying you're you're nothing now. Like you reached that peak, mm-hmm. you reached that power, and where did it get you? Nowhere. I, I like mean, that you, interpretation a right? lot. Actually, you weren't yeah. able to continue on and have a further understanding of the force and live through the force. You're nothing. I think that's more powerful than just showing a dead body there, which is what we've always seen with Sith. They're just they just die there. But turning to ash says almost like. You're tied to this world now. You've become one with this material world that you so, you know, strove to to dominate and hold on to. Well, now you're a part of it for eternity. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was, I'm understanding yeah, it like more. That. It's like just, that. That, that is, these storytellers, man, know what they're doing. Like, that's something that should be a star a part of Star Wars all the time. Like, how? I mean, wow, you were so powerful and now you're Ash. Like, all of them and all of the creators in the feature at were like, this is a freaking dream come true. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? I get to do my style in Star Wars. 100%. Like, this has never been done. They put their everything into every episode. A hundred percent. And that's, guys, I, I, I've been telling uh, people that I've talked to about Visions, like, lately, like, this never would have happened if George Lucas were still in charge of this property, if he still owned the property that this never would have happened. That that was a person who nope. had to have so much control of this of this franchise to where we never would have been able to tell such stories. We never would have got such opinions. Yeah, like he had this apprentice Dave Filoni, but even so much of what Dave is doing is so similar and it still stands true to what George's vision was, but when you give creatives freedom to to play in this world, they're going to come up with beautiful concepts like this that kind of just further build off what he told but just are we way more just i they just i don't know are way more effective storytelling and and just more powerful like that's never would have happened if disney wouldn't have purchased this property and they have their issues i understand that that's all anybody talks about and i get freaking sick of it but like Mm -hmm. look at the opportunity that they're giving to creatives to to say hey yeah play around in this like let's see what you can do and 
and I'm sure there's limitations, but man, this never ever would have happened if we were back in 2011 thinking that you know uh, will george ever make an episode you know seven yeah. like you know what we would have got we would have got that that beast wars that beast wars animation train that would have been star wars that's what he got he'd have he would have sold us that crap stuff and we would have watched <laughs> it and we'd have been like what is this? Why are they so blocky? Like, what? I don't understand it. No, instead we get this because what, thank why the Beast Wars hate? <laughs> oh, Beast Wars hate. I love, you know. There's a reason. There's a transformer on my car right there. Ah, I'm a boss for life. That's pretty sick. I've never yeah. noticed that. That's you never did? yeah. That's Transformers <laughs> forever. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I love Autumn. Dude, Nettie, here's like a, this was a top anime moment for me in uh, T.O.B. 1, the Mega Man droid that like attaches to his back as a rocket or whatever, dude. That was cool. It reminded me of uh, Blue Beetle also in Marvel. It's like an alien that attaches to the kid's back and can be a bunch of different things, but straight up jetpack. I heard that's like the one episode people love, oh. and you just Mega Man. Uh, uh, yeah, Rob, dude. we won't go into too many spoilers, but this was another. Well, I'm just gonna love all of it. You know that. Well, I, I think you regardless, are. like this is one of the ones that is the most. Like the the ninth Jedi had a shock, right? Like it was it was set up very well. It was shocking. This was just downright surprising. I mean opening with this the music and and the soft spoken kid he's a cute little i guess he's a droid but he seems yeah. like he's a sentient it was mm-hmm. unexpected in how moving that story was going to become and what he was going to go through i did not think that i was going to enjoy it. i was like oh here's the one that's meant for the younger audience and i was like wow there's there's a lot of a story there's it. a lot of lesson there and it was for him, for his master to, to hide him away and say, no matter what you hear, do not come out. I was mm-hmm. terrified. I was just like, oh, my God, this just took a dark turn. Dude, and the droid caused it uh, just by messing around on the ship. And I know. they detected it immediately. We're on them. I was like, damn. But what a what a cool I, that was one of the coolest fight sequences I think in in, Dude, in yes. all of it it was just the the storm coming and yeah that was a uh, Kylo reference right with the the saber igniting as he's walking away from the ship like it sure come felt on. like it it sure come felt on. like it it felt but it, but you had you had you know story there that related to Star Wars we're on this planet that seems like it's literally been drained of its resources by the Empire. And mm-hmm. you have people out there that are just like Ezra Bridger, just trying to protect it, you know, standing up in that mm-hmm. moment to try to protect their home and bring life back. I was just, it was such a cool, cool story that was so unexpected. Uh, Nettie, did you get to watch, I think it's T-O-T-B-1, T-O-T-O-B-1, yeah. Dude, two B one, like to be a Jedi. And then his name was Toby. Like I was like, oh shit! It was. Oh, Nettie, what did you think of this? You might be muted. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think this is one I definitely really need to watch again because 
after just one viewing, I think I liked all the themes and like the general story of it, but it didn't click with me as well as a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, I think this is one, there's like a few of them that I felt like the shorter runtime kind of hampered it a little bit just because yeah. they moved so, so quickly. Fast. You're right. Good um, and I think this was one of them, which maybe it was just kind of like a combination of the art style, like you said, too, being slightly more kid friendly. Yeah. Um, it just kind of seemed like those two kind of combined and make it made it go kind of uh, quick and didn't really sit in on anything. Um, but yeah, I think just, even just this conversation we've had already about it has already given me a deeper appreciation for what it is. I think that's definitely one I need to revisit with a fresh set of eyes and pay more attention to to see if I can get some more out of it. Um, I want to say too, I don't know. I don't know if I've actually seen the show, but it, it gave me a lot of like Astro Boy vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah, that's like a. I think that was like the anime that kind of started a lot of stuff, like here in the West, but in Japan. So I think kind of paying homage to that's really important too. Kind of like what I said with the duel, kind of paying respect to that Japanese culture, which again, it's probably kind of hypocritical for me to be saying a lot of this since I don't know all of this history, but I think it's still kind of important to. Put it in there when you can. So, phrasing. But <laughs> <laughs> also the best phrasing of the night. You're you're so right, Daddy. And dude, you're right. I I also want to go back and rewatch it. What what I enjoyed so much about the this episode and so many other things in recent Star Wars history that I I'm just I'm appreciating so much because they're different and and that this kid wanted to be a Jedi. His entire life, he's a, he's a he's a he's a droid. I'm pretty sure, but in it, mm-hmm. who he is, his being, I'm, he's a kid. It's, it's it's almost as if his master created was him. Geppetto, like created life. Like he just, I it was, there's 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 a kid in there. It was it was surprising to me, but he wanted to be a Jedi his whole life. But he's a biologist, pretty much, <laughs> like. He's saving mm-hmm. these planets. It, it reminded me of, uh, I, I, I reference this book all the time, and I can't remember the main character in it, the Force Collector book. This guy has Jedi heritage. He's has He's strong with the Force, but he finds out that's just not, being a Jedi isn't his destiny. His destiny is elsewhere and, and maintaining the, 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 the heritage and, and the storytelling and, and being almost like the historian of all of it, being the collector of these things and, and being able to share that with the galaxy. I like it when we're telling unique stories like that that aren't just, ah, oh, this guy picked up the sword and now he's a master and he kicks a lot of ass. It's like, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the galaxy well, needs protecting in so many more ways than just slaying Sith Lords, right? I mean, darkness consumes the galaxy in so many different ways than just killing Jedi. It, it affects worlds. It affects cultures. It affects resources. It affects life. And he's bringing that back to places that don't really give a shit about the Jedi and the Sith. Their homes have just been destroyed, and he, he's there to bring it back and bring back life to what's been lost. And I just, I freaking love that. I love a good battle. I love a Jedi and a Sith going toe-to-toe, and it being epic. But sometimes I love when they go out there and they say, you know what? With this power comes great responsibility. And sometimes that's not just picking up a sword 
it's doing, you know, other things that are that are necessary to bring balance back and bring 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 good back. That's just kind of a sappy way of looking at it. But that I love those stories. They just they mean so much to me and that that it's more complex sometimes than we even think about it. And and that the dark side, I mean, it doesn't just destroy Jedi. It destroys everything. It destroys hope. And, mm-hmm. and you bring it back in unique ways. Um, but Scotty, what else about T.O.? I mean, were you vibing it? It's funny, dude, because I know people who, like, this is their most watched episode. They've yeah. watched it four or five times, and I'm not there. Yeah. I watched it once. I got hyped for all of those basic things that you were just yeah. talking about. Basic, you know, whatever. Um, but to me, like, the first watch through was like a Geppetto, Pinocchio kind of vibe. Yep. And, you know, I knew where the story was going. But, you know, I want to personally go back through and watch these with the subtitles and just kind of pay more attention to the music, more yeah. attention to the, the actual words in the script. Sometimes the voice acting kind of pulls me out of it a little bit. For sure. Um, but, yeah, no, I the lessons in all of these, I, even the ones that I didn't like, like there's not one I hate. Even yeah. the Rhapsody, the music one, oh, watching that. Yeah. The second time through watching that, I was like, man, like, I'm kind of feeling the song. Like, it's not terrible. Like, I got kids. They they were liking it. So I guess that kind of makes me like it a little bit more. But none of them were god-awful by any yeah. means. So. Scotty, you couldn't have transitioned better because I'm going to go out on a limb and say I had the most mm. fun with Tatooine Rhapsody. And I'm going to get so much crap for it. And I know I've already talked to Holly about it. She's like, what are you talking about? And I know Luke's probably going to make fun of me. But sometimes I feel like every Star Wars fans take Star Wars too seriously. Even even these stories that we're talking about now, short stories, and we're pulling themes that are just blowing my mind tonight. And sometimes all of that mind-blowing gives me a headache. And I just need to have fun with my Star Wars. And that is what Tatooine Rhapsody did for me. Is the punk rock epic? It absolutely was. Was, uh, was um, oh, God, who was doing the singing in the uh, English uh, version? Dude, it's Freddie Prince Jr., isn't it not? No, it's, um, oh, he's. Oh, George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon I yeah, knew I I knew I loved that voice yeah. when I first heard it. I was like, <laughs> who in the hell is it? And it was my boy Joseph. Like Yo, I had I like him a lot. He's he's an amazing actor. He's I he's probably mm-hmm. an amazing person and I would love to be friends with him. But it just <laughs> if you're watching. <laughs> if you're watching, come on the podcast, Joseph. Um I just had so much fun with it because I didn't take it too seriously and I was laughing my ass off at everything. Boba Fett sitting there nodding his head at the music. I'm dying laughing. Jabba's tapping his little tail. I'm dying laughing. Like, the lightsaber was a mic. I'm laughing. So, like, (laughs) do I believe that Star Waver is there at the Buta Eve Classic every weekend throwing it down as an opener? Yes. I believe that's canon. I believe it's canon. Star Waver canon. Make it canon. Yes, canon. But it was just (laughs) such a... The booty classic, and and it's so it's so synonymous with the prequels. And I'm like, what a fun little place to throw a little story in, and say, you know what, Jabba's this this menacing character. This little kid's gonna go up and bargain and and save his friend's life, and 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 pretty much you know bargain with Jabba, sweating it out there, 
likely to be executed, but goes out on a limb and, and saves his friend. It was just a fun story that didn't always make a hell of a lot of sense, but I was just like having fun with it. And the music was so damn good. I'm not even a huge punk rock fan, but mm-hmm. the whole time I'm like, that's freaking like, uh, I don't even remember. Holly will give me crap for this, but yellow card, some 41. I, I just was like, oh, is nah, this some 41? Like, uh, like what the hell? Older than that, like oh, I know what you're saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna think of one before the end of the podcast for sure. I'll, it's right on the tip of my tongue right now, man. I'll have Ollie enlighten so us because she's our our punk rocker, as is Luke. Um, so it, I I don't know about you guys. I just had a lot of fun with it, and that I I I just I didn't have to take it so serious, right? Like, yeah, there were themes in there. Like this 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 kid was just literally giving up his dream. To save his friend and just to have one more moment. And a couple of times they just said, it's just a band. It's just a band. But they're family. But Michael, Michael, (laughs) it's okay. It's okay. There was some some deep themes in there, but it it was also just a lot of fun. And so I was just like, man, like what a what a cool little story that was unexpected. I thought I was going to hate it. I know a lot of people aren't enjoying it, but man, it was it was surprising in how much I enjoyed it. But did anyone else connect to that one at all? Tamora Morrison was still a badass in that. Like, <laughs> yeah. He comes in with the voice acting yep. at the beginning. Yep. Like it was awesome. It was. He was so I, small. I was like, this is yeah. great. Like I love it's it. Like, it's like a little Funko shows. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yep. Like. That episode for me was fun, and at the same time, that song also, because, like, the minute they started singing, I was like, all right, I have to, because I had subtitles on, and I'm like, I have to read everything, because I know that they're trying to convey something that it's okay, and at the same time, you know, you can see he got a little angry, and he went to use his lightsaber, but it just didn't work, and he just wasn't about that. And then he sold in, understood it, went right to Jabba like y'all just brought up, put it down, and sang. Yeah, and that's what he did. Because that's because that's what his friend needed. His friend, I mean, playing one last show together. That's that's like what they were they were they were born to do was be a band that was really a family and and he's like this is what he needs right now this is what we all need and it just so happened to work and and save him but that's that that was their calling he wasn't meant to be a jedi i mean he was a padawan i think but it's like Mm -hmm. nah man like you're there you're there for your family and it's it's not just a band i thought that was cool because there's a lot of people that uh, their band is their family, like that they're that close. And I thought that was what a cool message. And on they're yeah. right there on Tatooine at the Boot the Eve Classic. Are you kidding me? I thought Sebulba was going to come like, out the and head one of them. Yeah, the way the camera swooped in too, and it showed it all yeah. off. It was really nice. It was really cool. It looked like the, the miniature aspect. that they used yeah. for the prequels. There, I was, I was yep. blown away. If there was if there was a planet that you would want to be a roaming band or a traveling band on, yeah. it's on Tatooine. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yes. And I, but I, now I feel bro, like Sabalba backs you. You're sponsored by Jabba then, the Hutt, bro. You're, you're, you're playing at places. every cantina yeah. in, yep. in town. <laughs> now I, I could, I was kind of hoping that we would see some like evil band and we'd have some like rock off or something. Like I thought Sabalba would be slapping the bass or something. <laughs> I really thought that was coming, but we never got it. But I just, I had a lot of fun with it. It felt. Did you guys Star see Sebulba? 
in I, the duel. I thought I you saw know, so a the, Sebulba like individual. Yeah, he was a Sebulba individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was Sebulba. Let's just say characters in that one. You felt each one of those characters. There was the one with the stupid hat, and then there was that, and then it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was they they all like I said, man. We didn't even talk about Bosk. We didn't talk about Bosk in that episode. How he was like all about that life until she was choking him in midair. That was wicked. Oh man, that was wicked. I like when they do that. I, I'm a fan of mm-hmm. when they take familiar faces, whether whether it's Bosk or it's just some other Transdotion or whatever. But yeah. there was that that droid there with the freaking cannon that looked like uh, Forlom. I, I love yep. that they put them in unsuspecting situations. Like these guys are protecting this village. Like yeah. they did that in in the Clone Wars all the time, and and Rebels like the, these these people protecting these villages, and whether it's a mm-hmm. job or not, they they tend to be kind of family and, and and their protectors i i love that it makes it more complicated it's not just like it's not like all transdotions are dicks i mean a lot mm-hmm. of them but uh we're expanding it mm-hmm. to where it, it reminds you that you know life is complex not all humans are good not all transdotions are bad um and some forlom like droids are can also be good like it's, it's just <laughs> I, I like that they remind us of that sometimes and it's uh it feels like star wars i mean even even that guy and his little his little missiles. I mean, is that not a complete ripoff of the Mandalorian and his little Hellfire thing? They were, whatever? dude. Yeah, they were. That's my first thought. Yeah, so so Whistling many words. Yeah. What's up? What's up with the burnout droid with the ship and <laughs> smoke that oil? I <laughs> yeah, he's laughed. like, I'm on my break. I laughed so hard. It that was, was amazing. Yeah, I'm on my break. He's taking a little a little uh, oil break. And it was just, and he's like, no, you're the only one that's here and working. He's like, I guess so. It was just, it was so funny. There was humor in all of them, um, but they were also pretty serious. Yeah, there wasn't too many, you know, I don't know. They're pretty serious stories. This this series, I got to say, really, like we've been talking this whole time and we thought we were going to get to other things tonight. No, oh, never people. No, like we literally <laughs> all in our visions yeah. because of the effect it had on us. We were all like going in skeptical. Some of us knew what we kind of thought we'd expect. Then we got so many different graphic and so much different artwork and then the music and then so much and so small the fact that people are hating on Disney for their creativity, they should turn around and enjoy it because, like we brought up earlier, if George Lucas would, would have rights to this right now and have the creative, we would not get 90% of this. We might yeah. get 2% of video game that has nothing to do with what we love, and that is Star Wars, people. <laughs> oh, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree, man. I get, I get so frustrated uh, on social media and, and just so much of the negative energies that's put into you know discussions of why I don't like this or why this is my favorite. Even I, I just get kind of sick of it. Just enjoy it and just move along. Like I, we mm-hmm. we enjoy it and we have a conversation and then we kind of go on with our lives and we say, hey, what else can we enjoy? I, I just that's that's you know not taking this stuff too seriously and 
if I see one more tweet about why The Last Jedi is the worst and or greatest movie ever, I'm going to flip out. It's just like, why are we still talking about that? Like, now, granted, I know that's hypocritical and that this is a Star Wars podcast and we're talking about a franchise that started in 1977. I completely understand Mm -hmm. that sounds hypocritical. However... There's We've better time bridge. spent than <laughs> tweeting about, you know, the same thing over and over again just to get a reaction of some sort. Like, share experiences with people that have liked experience. Like, we all enjoyed this. You know what? If someone said they mm-hmm. hated it, cool. We would find a way to relate on some level. Um, and, and that makes that makes just sharing the experience so much more. If you can relate uh, to one another and, and what it is that you're experiencing doesn't always you don't always have to see eye to eye but I don't know it just makes for an enjoyable experience if you can understand someone's perspective and 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 sit down and listen I, I I've learned a lot from you guys hopefully you know learned a little bit from my perspective and that's why we we talk about this stuff it's not to I mean every once in a while we'll rank movies but it's not to shit on anyone's you know style or whatever they like I had no idea what anime even really was and I enjoyed the hell out of what Star Wars gave me in that in that realm. It's just, just don't spend time on things you don't enjoy. You know, if if I hated yeah. visions, I would never come back and talk about it again. It's just like let's let's look for the light in the world, um, and that it's just pure entertainment. That's, That's what it's supposed to be. Well, it's just not normal. People don't enjoy sitting around watching other people be angry. Like I don't like listening to people who are upset. It makes me upset. I got anxiety about it. I'm like, I I can't. This is making me uncomfortable, bro. Like straight up, just smile. Uncomfortable. I know. I know. Love, love. Like uh, we bring this comic stuff up, and all these people want to hate all this comic stuff. And me as a Hellblazer fan, we've talked about this. I could be mad about the whole Keanu Reeves thing with Constantine. I can love what they did on WE, but one thing remains is that I love that my comic, what I read growing up, is getting exposure, and you shouldn't critique. You should know that someday somebody is going to be like, yo, I really want to read episode. I really want to read that first comic and i go yo i have three of them and you can sell it for like fifty thousand dollars so they can hear the first part of five for hunger oh yeah well that's the truth and at the at the rate that media is going and 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 culture pop culture anything that you love will be remade or re-envisioned in some form in the future so you're gonna have to learn to just kind of accept that and enjoy what you enjoy and it's not this is my star wars and you're just some yeah hippie you know uh, whatever millennial and it's garbage a bunch of sjw now just like enjoy it because all everything we enjoy will be remade and re-envisioned to be more inclusive and 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 just kind of saw it through you know different people's eyes it's 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 yeah. nature of culture and it's nature of pop culture and, and the media market. Just enjoy what you enjoy. And I don't even know how, how else to say. Scotty, I got it. Before you go, Scotty, I know you're about to drop it, but this goes back to Fist of Legend with Jet Li. Okay, go check it. When he <laughs> fights that girl's uncle in the wind, at one point a windstorm kicks up, and because he can't see, they fight blindfolded. And he pulls out the Bruce Lee style, you know, and he goes at him. 
And then the old uncle learns it after Jet Li kind of kicks his ass with it for a few minutes. And then he goes back, and when he starts popping, he goes like this, right? There's a reason why I'm bringing this up. When it comes back to it, at the end of the fight, he goes, Jet Li says to him, he said, you won that fight. And he said, that's because I adapted. I mean, uh, Rob, before we can even talk about martial arts films, you guys have to watch The White Dragon. So I can't even allow us to go into a conversation about epic martial arts films until you guys watch the amazing story that is The White Dragon, as comedic as it is and as silly it is, it's one of the best. And if you're not with chicken feathers, then I don't know what you're doing. So I, I don't even think we can even start this conversation because you guys haven't seen the, the ultimate of ultimate martial arts. It's silly, just but it's, go, it's, 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 it's fun. Now, just go watch Fist of Legend, dude. Just you, watch you, Fist of Legend and Chicken Feathers and the White Dragon. You hear this comment. There should be a shirt. It should, all right. He goes, Shenzhen from Jinwu on the front, and on the back it should say, the best. Well, they, they, you should make the shirt. And I'll make a yep. shirt that says... Yeah. Chicken fingers or die. Chicken feathers. Chicken fingers. I mean, chicken fingers are good too, but chicken feathers I'm, I'm are die. I'm buying both shirts. Right. I mean, one, on the back it has chicken fingers, and on the front it's no. chicken feathers. I'm pretty sure that's Best his of name. Worlds. It's been a while. Maybe that was 2006, and I'm not recalling the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's chicken feathers. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen Visions or the White Dragon, go watch both of them, uh, but especially the White Dragon. You can't miss that one. Um, these I heard guys... that if you watch Visions with the sound off and just play the chicken feathers in the oh, background, they amazing. sync up. It's I think it's, it's ridiculous. I'm going like... to go ahead and say that Visions, you know, I, that, that White Dragon was a big inspiration for Visions. It's been a while since I've watched White Dragon, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that it is that was a huge inspiration for all the production companies. Uh, in in that series, so guys, I I really this is one of the biggest surprises in Star Wars to me. I, I will be honest, something that I have you know no experience with in anime, and this this what they were able to do here and, and make it about you know in a world that I love, whether it's canon or not, I don't really give a shit. I enjoyed them so much, and I cannot believe it, it, this is one of the biggest shocks in my Star Wars story. It was a huge shock to me, I, and I know these guys enjoyed it just as much as I did. You know, did we love all of it? We didn't love all of it, but, man, did we find the good in a lot of it? We absolutely did. Um, so I would encourage everyone, if you haven't, go go check it out. Go on Disney+, Plus, check out Star Wars Visions. Watch a couple a night. That's what I did. Like, take it in, you know, and, and re-watch them. I think that's something that we all kind of uh, agreed here that they're so short, they don't feel like it always, but they're so short that it, it mm-hmm. is rewatchable. It's it's easy to go pop it in and say, holy cow, I did not catch that that time, or really, I really missed the theme there. Um, it's a lot to digest, but I think it's, it's conversations that – we're going to be having for a very long time. And I think there will be a demand for more. I know I'm going to be asking for it. I enjoyed it a lot. So I, I hope you guys do too. Uh, and, and it's just going to become a part of flying casual. It's going to be part of the conversation. I'm going to be thinking about it when I'm thinking about OB one, it's all going to tie in. And that's exactly what we should be doing. Uh, Cause it's, it's just 
What a, what a big surprise. Um, so we're, we're, don't be surprised if we talk about it more. Don't be surprised if I go and rewatch some of these and I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to dedicate, you know, five more episodes to this 15 minute. Maybe not that, but we're going to dedicate more time to it. I know Luke has a lot to say about a couple of these episodes. So on our next uh, podcast, we'll be talking about visions as well. Um, and also cannot forget the terrifying tales that dropped just today, October 1st. So excited, making a bowl of popcorn, ready to get comfortable and turn the lights off and watch the terrifying tales. I can't wait. We need more of that too. Just a bunch of fun. Um, and Lego is doing it right. Lego is the perfect property to be doing Star Wars fun shorts. Let's make it a whole holiday thing. Every holiday, I don't care if it's Mother's Day, make a Star Wars Lego short about it. I want it. So there's a lot to look forward to, guys. We got the Book of Boba Fett that is obviously going to be a topic of conversation in the next council for sure. Uh, maybe even a little more visions. Um, and then, hey, the terrifying tales might speak, uh, might 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 pop up as well. So. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I can't thank Nettie, Rob, and Scotty enough. We didn't get uh, Brent tonight. He was supposed to drop by but didn't get to make it, uh, as did our uh, other masters. But hopefully they'll be able to to join the council soon and, and chat about all that we enjoy about Star Wars. But I appreciate you guys. appreciate you being patient with the podcast. A lot of, a lot of life-changing events going on uh, with pin oak trees and, and other things going on. So it, it makes it difficult to podcast sometimes, but we're doing the best we can and we appreciate you stopping by and listening with us when you can uh it means the world to us so if you stick with us be patient more content to come um it's just always going to be sweaty as it always has but we appreciate that patience we love you for it uh and enjoy star wars however you can guys we love you take care of each other out there and may the force be with you